Receiving transmission. And now, broadcasting live from the Elevation 5280 Sports Studios in Denver, Colorado, this is Gridiron Intel with Saif Khan. So when did Mike Evans become one of the hottest receivers to own this season? Jameis Winston and him partnership? Wow, something has completely shifted. The tables have turned because Demarius Thomas is not looked at as an elite receiver anymore. Maybe that's because the Broncos have three QB and they may be thinking of playing all of them. So I guess one thing's for sure, you should stay away from Broncos QBs. And Michael Spillin. All work and no play makes Michael a dull boy. And Saif, in one of the drafts I had, it's a PPR league, and there wasn't even a quarterback taken until the end of the second round, which was me, by the way, with Aaron Rodgers. You talk about wide receivers, that position has grown and evolved. And the question is, should they be earning more fantasy points than quarterbacks? Rodgers. In trouble. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! With a walk-off touchdown, a game-ender for the Packers! Peterson, Stephon, outside, Peterson! Adrian Peterson, cutting to the clear! Peterson is gone! Touchdown, Vikings! Antonio Brown! He is a one-man wrecking crew. Touchdown, Steelers. And the somersault. This from 54. Gostowski's kick. It's good. Panthers have a third and ten. Here comes pressure, and they've gotten to him. The ball is out in the end zone, and it's recovered by for the touchdown. It was Vaughn Miller with the strip sack. Shields up, weapons online. Now, fantasy, fantasy, Siphon Mike are fantasy, on. Fantasy, football, fantasy. If you like football, then you like fantasy. Fantasy, football, fantasy. Hey! Yeah! Welcome back into Gridiron Intel here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Elevation5280sports.com. Glad to be back with. Good old friend. Saif, how are we this morning? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? Pretty good. Uh, it's, it's been a while since uh, you've been on the station. No, you've been busy, but uh, it is September, which means football is back, which means Gridiron Intel is back. So it's 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 good to be back. You know I had to make the comeback for football season, but seriously, Mike, what's going on in the NFL season? It seems like everything has changed now. It's... Uh, yeah, I mean this is this is this is it. This is the time uh, coming off a uh, Super Bowl victory for uh, the Denver Broncos, our hometown here. As uh, and, and then right, new chapter opens with the Super Bowl rematch coming up this Thursday night. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. Obviously, only one game to go over fantasy wise, and we'll do that towards the end of the show. Obviously. Uh, the 53-man roster for many of the teams uh, obviously set now. Big cuts happening with the Denver Broncos. We'll get into that recap in the preseason, some of the interesting choices. But uh, coming out of the preseason, Saif, what are the what are the, some of the headlines that uh, that caught your eye? Um, I feel like the Broncos, they, there's a lot of questions with the Broncos right now. You have a new team. You have a new defense. You have a upgraded offense. I would say their offense has been upgraded. 
you see you see these wins you can't really put too much on it it's kind of just getting a feel for what we're going to be seeing with some of these new players uh but that arizona loss it kind of scared me a little bit yeah and 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 i kind of take it with a grain of salt i mean you know, you have all the bubble guys, the third stringers, practice squad, hopeful, stuff like that, playing in that in that fourth and final preseason game. You know, Paxton Lynch, uh, Jesse mentioned it last show on uh, Sunday morning lines, you know, kind of that raw talent still. You know, after <laughs> – I don't know if you saw this, Saifa, watching preseason games. After they forgot to put Mark Sanchez's picture in the program uh, against that the St. Lu- uh, oh, Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams – uh, you know, after they put Brandon McManus's picture three times in a row in the game program, it, it kind of raised some eyebrows whether or not Sanchez was going to have a future on this team. Turns out he was cut yesterday, and we'll get into that um, coming up here shortly. But, you know, I think, Saif, you go with Trevor Simeon, obviously uh, an athletic throwing standpoint, you have an upgrade at quarterback from last year because let's face it, Manning, 39 years old, uh, facing multiple injuries. But when you have a foot injury as a quarterback, it's it's hard to recover from that, um, you know, with the plantar fascia, all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's it's a little bit of an upgraded quarterback. Obviously, Trevor Simeon, I don't think he's as smart, at least not yet, as Peyton Manning. Let's face it, 18 years in the league, you're going to get that smart playing the quarterback position. But Trevor Simeon named the starter. What was your reaction to that, and, and do you agree with that decision? Okay, so here's what I first want to say. I want to say that when you look at Trevor Simeon, I think this, the it's in the first time in history that a third-string QB that has not thrown an NFL pass is starting a season. So I just want to throw that out there for now. But I don't know. I feel like I feel good. He looked comfortable a couple of games ago. Maybe maybe he needs to just get into the NFL regular season and let's see what he can do because right now preseason like you said you have to take it with a grain of salt you can't really tell too much when two other QBs were playing uh Paxton Lynch looks good all of them look good so I I don't know what to say about Trevor Simeon but we I guess we'll see because when the season starts everything becomes clear yeah and the old adage is you know only time will tell and and that's no, no more true than right now because uh, only time will tell. Obviously, Simeon proved something that 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 he could take the starting reins and run with it, and we'll see how he does. And and and, and I was thinking about this, Saif. You know, and 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 we haven't mentioned his name in a long time. We mentioned it a couple days ago just because he tried out for baseball. But our old homeboy Tim Tebow. Uh, remember when he was drafted? You had Kyle Orton on the team. Everybody hated Kyle Orton. And the fans wanted so desperately to see, you know, the 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 draft pick and Tim Tebow come out and play. And I'm not comparing Trevor Simeon to Kyle Orton, uh, but do you see a similar situation in which, if Trevor Simeon struggles, do you, do you see the fans calling out for Paxton Lynch, the the first round draft pick? Definitely, you can definitely see that happening because when you have these new QBs that haven't proven themselves, there's a lot of hype around them. So, of course, Broncos fans are going to be excited about it. But remember what happened in Cleveland with Johnny Menzel? Everybody was chanting his name. Where is he now, Mike? Uh, I want to say the uh, Southern California Rehab Center. (laughs) 
Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You can never tell. Yeah, Broncos fans should be hyped. Yes, you should be supportive. Trevor Simeon finally is getting his shot, and hopefully it'll be a good one. But then again, this hype kind of sometimes leads to disappointment. I'm I'm not trying to be a downer about it, but that's the truth, Mike. Yeah, and and and, and we just mentioned it. Kind of raw still. Look good in that in the in the last preseason game uh, down there in Arizona. Had a pick six there towards the end of the game, but you know it, it, interceptions are going to happen. Look at Peyton Manning last year. Missed what five five six games, Sif, and still led the league in interceptions. So. That just tells you that it happens, obviously, playing injured. But, you know, injured 39-year-old quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks who are really athletic have something in common, and that's that's making mistakes. So um, I don't, I don't want to get used to that sort of happening, if you will. And if Trevor Simeon struggles, uh, you didn't hear too much of an uproar, though, Sife, when Trevor Simeon was named the starter. You know, you kind of had fans saying, oh, okay, you know, we'll roll with that for now. Paxton Lynch, I guess, isn't ready. Um and maybe it's because, you know, maybe Gary Kubiak is a better, maybe quarterback guru than, um, you know, than uh, some of the other coaches back in the day. Uh, uh, you know, John Fox or somebody. <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know. So maybe maybe people put more trust in Gary Kubiak. Whether it, you know, scouting out the quarterback position, he did play quarterback. He was always backup for years. So. Um, not too much uproar there. How about the running back, Sife? And and two kind of fan favorites let go in Ronnie Hillman. Not really a fan favorite, but Jawan Thompson. Ronnie Hillman led the team in rushing and touchdowns last season. This will be uh, C.J. Anderson, uh, Booker, and Capri Bibbs. Quarterback, or, uh, running back unit to, to take this season by charge. What did you think of the running back moves? You know, I'm kind of – surprised that cj anderson is still on the broncos team i feel like yeah it, it was very wary last season it's kind of hard to tell with cj anderson you're always worried about what's going to happen he has a big injury history i was i was thinking that the broncos would put more weight on it but you've been seeing them all in preseason so it seems like cj anderson will head it ronnie hillman's gone Devonte booker he's looking good Devonte booker looks like he has some explosive uh, nature to his game. Capri Bibbs, that's the one that I'm a little surprised about. And then I was really surprised about Jawan Thomas being let go because I thought he looked good when he got a few chances last season. Yeah, and then he suffered, uh, I forgot which game it was. I think it was the the Detroit game in which uh, he got tackled wrong and, and you can kind of see his head get almost pushed down to his pads. I don't know if you remember the scene from Little Giants, but the guy with the glasses, uh, that you know, he fell through his shoulder pads. That's what it kind of looked like. Suffered a concussion, missed a couple games after that. Um, so maybe he was just really never the same after that. You mentioned C.J. Anderson um, had a better Super Bowl game than Ronnie Hillman. I don't know if that's a telling factor. Um, you know, it, during the preseason, obviously showed something maybe during practice. So Ronnie Hillman... And what I saw in Ronnie Hillman in the preseason looked like one cut and he could have been gone. And maybe he wasn't making those cuts as, as we're used to, but um, definitely something to see there. We'll see if those two guys get picked up in the near future. And you mentioned Capri Bibbs, you know, practice squad guy the last couple of years. So uh, good for him, local guy, CSU guy. Um, so I guess kind of cool to see him. Uh, make this team as well we're going to take a first time out on the other side more 
NFL news, uh, some big trades going down as well, and we'll kind of forecast each division as uh, as the show rolls on here on Gridiron Intel, Elevation5280sports.com. All right, welcome back into Gridiron Intel here. Back first time since, what, late January, if you will. Uh, just before the playoffs started, uh, Broncos make their Super Bowl run, but we are back talking fantasy. Obviously, only one game to cover this week, and that'll be on Thursday night. Your Denver Broncos taking on the Carolina Panthers. A lot of interesting storylines to get in there. Uh, we will, uh, here in about a half hour, we will get into that game and uh, make our, our picks. Uh, kind of new for the show, I- I- instead of running through each game, Saif, we'll, uh, we'll have different segments throughout the show, kind of uh, picking players and ultimately building uh, the ultimate fantasy team as uh, as we go on here, You know, starting with quarterback, running back, running a uh, couple wide receivers, stuff like that. So the normal fantasy team, you know, one quarterback, two running backs, uh, three wide receivers, you know, uh, a defense and a kicker, stuff like that. So we'll start building our our the one team. Uh, that segment will be called the one. Um, so and and then we'll kind of do you know a uh, uh, you know a, a crush stuff like that, guys, sleeper stuff like that. So uh, all that to come next week when uh, we all have a full slate of games to talk to. So kind of changing it up this season as uh you know kind of gets boring if you will, kind of running through each game. Uh, take took two hours to do that last season. So uh, we'll try to. Shorten the time for you guys. Uh, we still might go two hours, but uh, not as not as uh, running along, if you will. So definitely some good things coming up uh, this season on Gridiron Intel Scythe. But uh, some big news. Uh, you saw Justin Forsett get cut yesterday by the Ravens, and reports are that they're trying to re-sign him. I had Justin Forsett Scythe for two seasons, and... You know, I, I picked him up after his Pro Bowl season in which he ran for 1,400 yards in 2013. The last two seasons, I jack squat. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting move, right? Because he led the Ravens running back, I mean, the backfield for 2014-2015 season. And now you're kind of looking at Terrence West being the the Ravens workhorse. It's kind of a different scenario that you're going to see with the Baltimore Ravens I think it's the surprising move because Justin Forsett has been that dependable running back for that team. But you're going to see Terrence West. You're going to see Lorenzo Taliaferro. I don't think it's anything exciting on the Ravens' backfield. No, and that and they need a strong running game. And like I said, Justin Forsett the last two seasons, I think I dropped him midway through the season last year. So, I mean, that, that he, he, he didn't do much. And, and maybe finally – the, the you know Harbaugh and the and the guys out there in Baltimore finally saw that he wasn't doing anything anything for my fantasy team so they had to let him go right um, you know it, it's interesting like you said Terrence West we'll see how he kind of takes the reins there but it'll be interesting to see if they re-sign him last last story report I read was they were trying to get him back so uh, we'll see if that turns out uh, uh, obviously the big news last week so Teddy Bridgewater goes down for the Minnesota Vikings fantasy owners are freaking out. Um, and, and, and you know the big trade yesterday was a was a first round pick next season, and a, I think a third or fourth round pick in 2018, heading to Philadelphia in exchange for for you know 
Tony Romo's cousin, you know, Mr. Glass, both of them made of tissue paper, Sam Bradford. So what 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 is your initial reaction to that move? And Jesse and the guys got a text last show, um, you know, why would the Vikings trade for somebody who can't stay on the field either? And Jesse brought up the point, well, there, who else is out there? It was either Bradford or Sanchez. Um, so what was your initial reaction of Bradford going to the Vikings for, for a pretty good haul there? A little too generous, I, I have to say, because Bradford was mediocre in 2015. Uh, I, I, I would see only about maybe fourth round. I, I don't know if I would see that high of a round uh, given up, but I guess the Vikings are desperate. Teddy Bridgewater goes down, and they were panicking. And and it's it's reasonable because... When these quarterbacks go down, those are your lifelines. That's your center of your offense. So when when that goes down, you have to you have to scramble for whatever you can get. And now in this league, where QBs are rare, and I mean good QBs are rare, you have to pick up the scraps. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, and and Will brought this up last show too that maybe Minnesota fans are, are given a little bit of hope. You know, when Sam Bradford was drafted by. Uh, St. Louis uh, a few years back, you know, his, his picture was up on where St. Louis plays, uh, St. Louis used to play, I should say, and, and, you know, kind of the saving grace until all the injuries struck and now, you know, has since moved on to, to Philadelphia and now is on Minnesota. And, and Teddy Bridgewater's status could be in question for, for not only this season with torn ACL, dislocated kneecap, but for next season even. So, uh, you hope Sam Bradford can stay healthy for the sake of Minnesota, starting in a brand-new stadium this season, uh, a pretty cool stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium. So um, what do you think fantasy owners are looking at the Minnesota quarterback situation? Are they are they kind of leaning towards picking up Sam Bradford, or are they staying away because, let's face it, Sife, besides Adrian Peterson, that Vikings offense, not not really anything to write home about. And you took the words right out of my mouth. It's stay away from those QBs on Minnesota. You don't know what's going to happen. Sam Bradford has been less than mediocre his entire career. It's not the time to start being hopeful like you're being hopeful with Trevor Simeon. Uh, I would stay away from Sam Bradford. And you, like I said, you took the words right out of my mouth. Adrian Peterson owners get hyped because this is going to be your season. They are going to rely on that running game as much as possible and you are going to be hoping that teams are not going to be stacking the box because hopefully Bradford could get get you those shortage those short yardage uh plays and kind of keep the defense on their toes but right now it looks like Adrian Peterson is going to have a good year if Bradford can just get a few passes off and and Adrian Peterson still kind of that safety valve even with Teddy Bridgewater obviously I think Bridgewater kind of more mobile and more elusive getting escaping the pocket stuff like that than Sam Bradford and I think at this point in his career Sam Bradford may be scared to move um, because if he gets hit he could be done so I I, I think Minnesota fans are a little hopeful that they didn't get you know I I guess a bag of rocks and, and, and instead they got an injury prone like you said less than mediocre quarterback so uh, kind of the news out there in Minnesota with with Sam Bradford departing Philadelphia, their quarterback now Carson Wentz is is thrown and, and thrusted into that 
starting quarterback position. They're also paying Chase Daniel a lot of money to be a backup out there in Philadelphia as well. But w- what do you make of Carson Wentz now becoming the starter in Philadelphia and our, and our fantasy owners just kind of leaving him on the bench, waiting for him to have a breakout game, breakout half season? What are fantasy owners uh, doing when they're looking at Wentz now? I don't know. I, I think these are the two situations where you're definitely going to stay away from. When you look at Carson Wentz, I I have no idea what these teams are thinking. If he's healthy for week one, because I heard he wasn't healthy. He's been out of commission. Uh, he was preseason, hasn't been good to him. He does have good size. He's physical. It just seems like these are the QBs that you really need to stay away from. If you don't, if you don't have any other option, I'm saying you need to make a trade because these QBs are the ones you should stay away from. Yeah. So, you know, nothing to really base anything off of for Carson Wentz because he's a rookie. So you're not comparing him to last season. You're not really, you know, looking at stats besides what San Diego State. I mean, that's good for him to be, you know, a, a high round, first round draft pick coming out of, you know, a lesser known college. So uh, that was good for him. But besides what he did in college, you don't really have numbers to base anything off of when you're when you're looking at quarterbacks. And you may be stashing him on the bench. You know, <laughs> you're hoping he pulls out a Nick Foles. Uh, whatever happened to that guy? Uh, you know, you you're, you're kind of hoping he has a breakout game and then. You know the the uh, I guess the 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 more noobish fantasy owners are gonna are gonna go crazy and say oh you know I got to throw him in the starting position but um, it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles season turns out now uh, staying in the NFC East side before we hit a break here uh, the Dallas Cowboys are 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 in flux once again uh, Tony Romo goes down uh, you know Dak Prescott looking pretty good in preseason. Now they've added the the just released Mark Sanchez uh, from the Denver Broncos to the Dallas Cowboys. So fantasy owners, I, I think, are excited for Dak Prescott. You know, he's he's huge. He's got an arm. He's got legs. You know, a lot of people comparing him to Cam Newton. What is your thoughts on Prescott? And should fantasy owners give this rookie quarterback a, a more serious look? This might be one of those situations where you can kind of look at him, but still, I still think it's just a mystery. This is we've only been seeing preseason. Uh, it, I'm pretty sad about Tony Romo because this guy just needs to know when to retire or he needs to know when to quit. He he's had so many problems with his back; it's not even funny now. You just feel sad for him and you feel bad for him. Uh, Dak Prescott, I I feel like this is a good move uh, for the Cowboys. Not really a move; they were kind of forced into it. But then when you have Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, you kind of have a little more confidence in the team to kind of get by without Tony Romo. Ezekiel Elliott looks explosive. So it, it kind of gives some room for Prescott to play a little. He can kind of feel out the the regular season. He could ease in. I, I, I agree with you. It, it's like a Cam Newton type of situation where he has that kind of build. He has that athletic nature. But um, I think Ezekiel Elliott is the one we're going to be watching. All right, we're going to head into a break here. On the other side, we will kind of run down through each division, uh, maybe pick some uh, players while we're doing that as well for each position as well. Uh, once again, next week we will kind of really get going and, and you know, picking our, building our ultimate team. 
uh, telling you who to pick, who to stay away from, who's a sleeper, stuff like that. All that good stuff uh, will be going down next week. All right here, Grid on Intel. Elevation, 5280sports.com. All right, welcome back into Gridiron Intel here, Elevation5280sports.com. Siphon Mike hanging out with you for the next half hour or so as uh, we kind of reintroduce the show and uh, telling you what's going on, uh, kind of changing things up as we mentioned, uh, and hopefully you tune in next week to hear some of those changes. Um, Siphon kind of running down through the divisions as uh, you know, only one game to cover, as we mentioned, fantasy wise, and we'll get into that next segment. But look, we'll start with the AFC West, just because the Broncos are are here in Denver, where we are. Um, what do you make of this AFC West now? Obviously, Peyton Manning no longer here. This defense still considered, uh, you know, one of the tops in the NFL. Um, even with the you know the subtractions of Malik Jackson, Danny Trevathan, we all we all know. And, you know, rumors came out yesterday that Aqib Tlaib was on the trading block. John Elway kind of diffused those rumors, said they were false. So, uh, so far, this defense is intact, and this AFC West kind of interesting. A lot of people high on the Oakland Raiders. I I, I picked them to, you know, kind of be the up-and-coming team this season. Maybe not win the division, but they're up there. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are, are still hanging around average, I think, the San Diego Chargers probably going to have a sub 500 season. Uh, I, I'm until those other teams show me something, Sif. I'm still going to pick the Broncos to win this division. Honestly, I think I'm with you on that one, but I'm not going to say it's going to be as easy as we think it is. It, the Oakland Raiders have made a lot of upgrades. They've kind of come into their own. You have Latavius Murray in the backfield. You have Derek Carr as QB. You have Amari Cooper as a star wide receiver. Uh, their defense has been upgraded. Their O-line has been upgraded. There's just a lot of changes that have been seen with the Oakland Raiders, and right now is not the time to count them out. They're actually probably one of the favorites in the AFC West uh, right now to kind of have have the top against the Broncos or be competitive against the Broncos. San Diego, uh, they're always, yeah, like you said, they're always just like iffy. You always see them there. They could become, become like an annoying itch if you don't watch them carefully. Uh, but I do think it's going to be the Denver Broncos, the Oakland Raiders, Kansas City, not much changes there. Uh, you still have Jamal Charles. You still have uh, much of the same players. You have Jeremy Macklin as wide receiver. Uh, Alex Smith looks pretty good. I heard he's gonna, he's been throwing a lot more uh, deeper passes in training camp and preseason. So I feel like you're kind of looking at a division where we might see that Broncos Raiders rivalry spark up again. And we'll kind of mention, or maybe it was Keith kind of mentioned this. They're both Cowboy fans. I get them mixed up, but they kind of mentioned, you know, they hope the NFC East is more competitive uh, because it's cool to see the rivalries. And a lot of people have said that, you know, the Broncos have ran away with this division, what, five years in a row now, um, going on five years in a row now. And, you know, the Raiders have, you know, Raiders actually came in here and beat the Broncos last season when Brock Osweiler's quarterback, Khalil Mack, absolutely ran through that offensive line. And, and you touch on that offensive line this season, uh, five guys who have never played together and, and only one guy on this offensive line starting from last season, that's Matt Paradis, the center. So 
only one guy who's been on this offensive line as a starter. Um, so you have five new guys thrown into the mix together, never played together. So that's a big question mark as well. And will good defenses like the Carolina Panthers, like Oakland now, as they added Cliff Averill as well from Seattle, and Khalil Mack, you throw those linebackers together, you watch out offenses. So I, I, I agree with you. I tend to see that, you know, I don't think they going on another year, running away with this division is not going to be as easy as people think as well. And I think the Raiders are going to be right up there. Uh, if not, you know, the, I think they set the Broncos' win-loss at 9.5, something like that. And, and Jesse picked the over last show at 10. Um, I, I think I think they'll hover around 10, so I have 10 and 6. What do you think? Yeah, I was kind of being a little more generous. I was thinking uh, 10 and 6, 11 and 5. So I was, I was being a little more generous for teams this year, even though schedules have kind of proven to to play a factor in where these these teams sit i i also wanted to mention that this season it's kind of a lot of question marks right mike when you see teams you you just brought up that the o-line the five players haven't played together you have trevor simeon on the broncos uh you have so many question marks Jameis winston uh mike evans are the hype right now they they have a partnership that is supposed to be deadly this coming season. Uh, it's just so many question marks. That you you mentioned a couple of other QBs, uh, the Wentz and then Sam Bradford. We have so many question marks. I think that's the theme of the season. Yeah, most definitely. As uh, we move on here to the AFC North side, and and this is a an interesting division because let's face it, you have the Cleveland Browns who. You know, kind of hover around below 500 seasons, and, and you, you kind of look at them, or excuse me, not the AFC. What did I say? <laughs> the AFC North. That's what I meant. That's uh, that, that's the Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. I think I said the AFC Central. That's not an actual thing. I'm, I'm still in baseball lingo right now. Um, the AFC North, excuse me for that. Uh, you have the Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. Um, I'm leaning towards the Pittsburgh Steelers in this division, Sife. Big Ben, hopefully he can stay healthy. And when he's not healthy, Sife, he seems to go out there and play anyway. Um, he's got some pretty good deadly weapons out there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will miss the first three games instead of the first four. So that's good news for Steelers fans. You have Big Ben, ben top 10 quarterback, we'll say. And Antonio Brown, probably the top-rated fantasy wide receiver, uh, you also can throw uh, Martavius Bryant and, and Marcus Wheaton in there as well. But I, I'm leaning towards the Pittsburgh Steelers in this division. Bengals haven't won a playoff game under Marvin Lewis, uh, which is going on, what, 10-plus years now. Uh, the Red Rifle, the Ginger, uh, Andy Dalton, still a pretty good quarterback, but can he get over that playoff hump as well? And we said the Cleveland Browns added RG3. How good will that be? Um, so I'm going with the Steelers in this AFC North side. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Cleveland Browns a little hopeful with RG3. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, you, you always kind of think that the Cincinnati Bengals have the the ingredients to make a team really good in the AFC North because you have Jeremy Hill, you have uh, Andy Dalton, you have AJ Green. But it seems like even though those pieces work together, they have a lot of chemistry. It never seems to come together in the end. And like you said, it's kind of, it's kind of like that womp womp situation where you kind of don't see the Cincinnati Bengals as good as their potential or as good as they could be. But 
I agree with you. The Pittsburgh Steelers are definitely the favorite in the North. And But I want to bring up an interesting thing. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's stats have been declining. In 2014, he threw almost 5,000 yards, 32 touchdowns. And in 2015, only 4,000 and about 21 touchdowns. So what do you think of that, Mike? I think a lot of that is the, the injury history that – that Big Ben has gone through, and as I mentioned, even when he does get hurt, he seems to still go out there and try to at least overcome the injury and play for his team, which is a kind of a double-edged sword side because you, you, you see guys go down and you're like, oh, another injury. And then it's kind of almost best if they don't come out and play because if you play injured, as we saw with Peyton Manning, you're going to make a lot more mistakes and potentially hurt your team more than help them even though you're trying to be a warrior and go out there and play injured so I think a lot of that has to do with the injuries that that Roethlisberger has gone through um way less than Tony Romo obviously Big Ben I don't think misses as much games I don't have the numbers in front of me but I don't think he misses as much games as Romo does so uh Big Ben you know out of those four teams Sife I'm kind of caught between you know obviously Joe Flacco who's Shane Falco will say has kind of gone down uh, the the fantasy quarterback rankings, but I, I I'd still have to pick Big Ben as a quarterback for fantasy out of those four teams in the AFC North. Exactly, and I'm right there with you. Big Ben seems to be the one in the AFC North, and I don't know. The team seems very complete to me, and hopefully they can live up to their potential because it seems like they get there and then they just kind of fall flat. All right, we'll get to the last. Um, well, second to last AFC division here before we hit the break. That would be the AFC South, Sife. Uh, you have the Texans, Titans, Colts, and Jaguars. A lot of people high on the Jaguars. You know, they they got a lot on defense. Their their offense is still coming out of the draft a couple years ago. You have Blake Bortles thrown in there at quarterback. He's coming into his own. Um, you know, y- 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 you look at this defense now with the addition of Malik Jackson kind of stronger, so a lot of guys – picking the Jacksonville Jaguars to make some noise. Maybe not as a division winner, but as a wild card hopeful. You have the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Andrew Luck, basically the only person on that offense who can really much do anything. Frank Gore getting old. Not even sure if Andre Johnson is still there. You have T.Y. Hilton, kind of that young outside slot receiver. So they have something on offense. Remember, this team beat the Broncos as well. Broncos roughed up Andrew Luck and Somehow he still beat him, and then turned out he like broke a couple ribs and stuff like that, and he missed the last couple games after that. But I, in this division, Tennessee, you kind of question mark Marcus Mariota. Can he come break out with a sophomore, get out of the sophomore slump era? And, and the Houston Texans, Brock Osweiler, obviously our old buddy here, J.J. Uh, Watt, who's missed the entire preseason with, with back injury. I don't even know. Uh, until the other team show me something, Saif, I'm going to have to go with the team that usually wins this division, and that's the Colts. And and until, like I said, until those other teams show me something, I have to go with the previous winner. Yeah, and I can see why you're saying that. But then also, when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, you look at Blake Bortles and what he's achieved. And, I mean, I've been seeing him as per fantasy. In regards to fantasy, I've seen him picked up pretty early as one of the popular QBs in a draft. So in last season, I think he had like 35 touchdowns. It it was just something enormous. And I I wouldn't count the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've made some, made some moves over the years that have kind of strengthened that team where they are not that Jacksonville Jaguars that you just run over every game. 
You have that Allen Robinson. He's been a star receiver for them. Uh, Julius Thomas, you, he was a little injured last season, so you haven't seen too much of what he can do, but hopefully uh, you will see a different Julius Thomas. Maybe that Julius Thomas you see on the Broncos because Blake Bortles and him might uh, gain some chemistry. Like you said, the Colts are the favorite, but I'm looking forward to seeing a lot a lot from this division. I'm looking forward to seeing the Jaguars and and the Texans, Mike. Uh, the Texans are kind of doing something new. You have DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver, a new running back, uh, Lamar Miller. What do you think about Lamar Miller? He didn't seem to do too much damage in Miami. Do you think he can get it done in Houston? I like that addition for the Houston Texans and in you. And you kind of thrown a, a an unknown quarterback as well, Brock Osweiler, who let's face it got paid off just a couple of games for the Broncos. Um, I like that addition, and, and you you hope that defense gets stronger with JJ Watt. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jacksonville. I like their jerseys, so hopefully we see more of those. Um, Blake Bortles, like you said, had a great season last year. So this division is going to be interesting. I, I think it's a toss up. I think Tennessee's still in in the bigger question mark because of who they have. You saw DeMarco Murray go there. Um, so there's a big lot of lot of question marks for Tennessee, and I, and I think it's honestly a coin toss between three teams, the Colts, Jaguars, and Texans. But like I said, until those other teams show me something, I'm going to have to go with the previous winner, and that's the Colts. Yeah, and I think you're, that's the safe bet, but I think the Houston has a good chance in this division. And uh, when you were talking about Tennessee, I was just thinking about how far DeMarco Murray has declined since being on the Cowboys. It's just kind of sad to see that he had an all-star season, gets traded, and then just his career just falls apart. And I think he was a little misused in Philadelphia, but um, we'll see how he shakes out in Tennessee. We'll take our last time out on the other side, going to finish up divisions, and then fantasy preview for this Thursday night Broncos Panthers you don't want to miss it this is Gridiron Intel Elevation 5280sports.com Welcome back into Gridiron Intel here at Elevation5280sports.com. Siphon Mike hanging out with you for the next 10 minutes. As uh, we kind of finish the AFC division, Syph, um, and that would be the AFC East. Now, you have the New England Patriots who usually, I say usually, win this division, but with the absence of Tom Brady, the first four games, you're going to throw out Jimmy Galapagos Islands out there. Uh, we'll see how he shakes down. Uh, a lot of people... Leaning towards the Miami Dolphins as well, Syfe. You know, you, you have Tannehill another year under his belt. Adam Gase goes down there to be the head coach. Um, the QB whisperer. The QB whisperer. And, you know, good defense. Sue on that defense. Um, and then you have the Bills and Jets kind of just floating around. Uh, Jets able to get their quarterback back at least for one more season in Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, good old Beardy. And, you know, pretty good wide receiving core in our old buddies, uh, Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. Uh, and then you have the Buffalo Bills, Tyrod Taylor, definitely a elusive athletic quarterback. Um, but honestly, Syph, I, I, even with the absence of Brady for four games, I 
uh, like this is kind of like the AFC South and the you know the, the, those other divisions where un, unle- until those other teams can can show me something and take down the Patriots, I have to go with the Patriots. No, and I agree, and I think you're kind of giving a tribute to basically Belichick's coaching style. He's probably the reason why this team is still kind of holding it together because you do have like a kind of random pieces on this team and every year it seems to work without Tom Brady you're you're gonna have a lot missing a lot of chemistry is gonna be off Rob Gronkowski he might not be as much of a factor for the defenses this coming season without Tom Brady because you know it's all about that chemistry and who the QB Garoppolo is going to have chemistry with we have no idea I mean that could be Edelman that could be Hogan I think Hogan's actually hurt Uh, but you you see what I'm saying here is you kind of don't know what's going to happen to New England and this is kind of my least favorite division it's kind of a boring division I'm sorry to say but Miami seems to be my pick for this division because I feel like their defense is good you have uh on offense you have Tannehill you have Jarvis Landry so you have a lot of different pieces that could work together and you have that uh running back I don't know if he had a strong showing uh in preseason J.I. I think Ajay <laughs> I don't know how to say his name but he they seem to have a lot of hope in him so we'll see what happens with him but i think the miamis are kind of doing something here they're trying to build something that could be powerful uh but like you said somehow every season the new england patriots find a way and is that cheating <laughs> it could be i don't know um you look at new england's schedule here they they start off in arizona pretty good defense there hopefully they can take down uh Galapolo. Uh, Garoppolo, Galapagos Islands, uh, and then they play um, New uh, Miami. So that's a good opportunity for Miami to get ahead. Uh, and then they play Houston, and then another division team side, Buffalo, comes into town. So they the for, the three out of their first four games without Tom Brady are at home. So I guess they have that going for them. But then they also play two division teams within those four games, Miami and Buffalo. So those are the opportunities for Miami and Buffalo to kind of take advantage of Tom Brady's absence so yeah uh, and I didn't want to I didn't want to shy away from Buffalo because they are doing something uh good right now Tyree Taylor he has not given anybody any reason to doubt him Tyree Taylor is mobile he has a good arm uh with Sammy Watkins as their wide receiver hopefully they can gain some connection then you have LaShawn McCoy what are we looking at there are we looking at LaShawn McCoy kind of having a bounce back season. I know Carlos Williams might not be ready for week one because he was injured. Uh, But what are you thinking about LaShawn McCoy? Are we going to look at a bounce back season? You hope so. And you hope they, yeah, I I think he was kind of riddled with injury last season as well. You hope he bounces back. You know, Rex Ryan teams always always seem to have a strong defense. So you hope that for Buffalo. Buffalo's kind of that team that's just kind of hanging out there in flux as well until uh, all these teams in these divisions, you know, w- w- New England's I think will run away with those divisions for four-plus years as well. So uh, until these teams take down the New England Patriots, you, you, you sure you can throw out hopefuls and prospects towards them and what they've done, you know, adding pieces and what they've done in preseason. But until they actually take down the Patriots, Tom Brady or not, 
I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I can put my trust in them. But uh, like I said, I, I'd have to go with the Patriots until these teams can take them down. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. It's it's the Patriots unless these teams show something new because you know that these other teams do have the pieces. Like you were mentioning, New York has a good QB in Ryan Fitz. Then you have Brandon Marshall, uh, Eric Decker. So they, they have Chris Ivory in the backfield. So uh, they have a decent team too. So we basically in this division, we've called everybody decent except the New England Patriots are kind of far above decent. So so that's kind of the battle these other three teams are going to have is trying to get to that level where they can kind of expose New England's uh, weaknesses, and, and, and that'll be good for them because then they can get ahead. But like you said, this division right now, as we speak, it's going to be New England. All right, let's uh, run through the NFC really quickly before we preview Thursday night's game. You have the NFC East kind of – Touched on them a little bit. Guys on Sunday morning lines need that division to be more competitive. And you look at the, what the Eagles did last season. Slice swept the division series four to nothing over all of these teams. So you kind of look at that and you're like, wow. Well, well you know, they, they they had a Mark Sanchez, they had Nick Foles, they had all these guys playing quarterback. Um, I, I'm not high on the Eagles as 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 their stats prove sweeping the division last season with Carson Wentz, a rookie quarterback. So you kind of have to question that. Uh, I, you know, Saif, I'm kind of leaning towards the Washington Redskins. They added Josh Norman in their in their defensive backfield. You know, you 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 have Kirk Cousins who played you know above average last season. Uh, Alfred Morris kind of goes down and, and and then gets traded anyway. Um, I think it's uh what's his uh Smith uh kind of went down in preseason. You hope he comes back into form. Um, and then obviously you have uh, Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, uh, pretty good wide receivers out there for Kirk Cousins. And then the Giants, Eli Manning, interception machine. You hope he bounces back. And then you have the Cowboys, who we talked about earlier. Um, I'm leaning towards Washington, honestly, in this division side. That's an interesting pick because you see Washington's problems from year to year have been a lot of inconsistency and when I look at this division I'm kind of actually even without Romo I'm looking at Dallas I am looking at Dallas and there's only one reason I'm looking at Dallas it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott that's going to be a force to be reckoned with and then when you have uh Des Bryant as wide receiver you have the the usual Terrence Williams Jason Witten and now you have Prescott heading the heading the uh the offense it, it just seems to me that Dallas is kind of kind of in a good situation where they might not really worry about injury if Prescott uh can get the ball to Des Bryant because as you can see from past seasons is just get the ball in Des Bryant's hands and he'll he will get he will get you where you need to go and now with Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield now you have another force so Dallas is kind of Tony Romo went down, but they are still strong, Mike. They are very strong. Yeah, and and I'm not etching this pick into stone just yet. Uh, I would pick Dallas to be, you know, hovering around a wild card team. And I don't know if this means anything, but we mentioned Eagles four and zero in the division last season. Redskins three and one. Giants two and two. Cowboys one and three. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't shy away from Dallas too much either. Um, we'll pick these next two divisions really quickly, three divisions, and we don't have time to go over each team. Saifa, NFC North, who do you got? NFC North, I am looking at Green Bay. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And the Vikings actually swept that division last season 4 nothing. I'd have to agree, go with the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still a force to be reckoned with as well. NFC South, Sife. Um, actually, the Atlanta Falcons went 3-1 and in this division, and then Bucks and Panthers went 2-2, two and two, Saints 0-4 in that division. I'm going to have to go with Carolina in this division. Matt Ryan's an inconsistent uh, QB. He's just a model of inconsistency. I don't know. I, I, I'm not seeing Carolina do too well this season, uh, even though they are they were in the Super Bowl. I'm kind of seeing Breeze kind of bringing the New Orleans Saints back in this division. All right, and then we have the NFC West. Seahawks went 3-1, and one, 49ers 2-2, two and two, Rams 2-2, two and two, Cardinals 1-3. and three. Big changes out in San Francisco. Uh, Blaine Gabbert named the starter over Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Seahawks still kind of that favorite out there. And then you have good, pretty good defenses in the Rams and the Cardinals, but Sife, like other divisions, until these guys can knock off the Seahawks, I got to go with Seattle. I think it's going to be between Car- the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And like you said, right now we have to just go with the safe pick, and it is the Seahawks. All right. Before we get out of here, Game coming up on Thursday night, and that would be your Denver Broncos taking on the Carolina Panthers Super Bowl 50 rematch. Um, you you kind of have a strong Carolina defense, Luke Keekley and the boys. You lose Josh Norman, sure. That's a that's a that's maybe take a hit in your defensive backfield, but still pretty good defense, and, and you can't take that away from him. Kelvin Benjamin back in the offense for. Carolina, and whether that means they'll have to knock off, knock off some rust, and and the Broncos are hoping that that the chemistry is not there yet, um, and that's why you have you know practice and preseason kind of knocks off some of that rust. But uh, Sive, this is going to be an interesting one, and, and Broncos defense still still pretty good. Uh, you hope Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, and the boys can get to Cam Newton like they did in the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be in high scoring as it was in the Super Bowl, Sive. Uh, I, I'm thinking maybe a 16 to 13 game, 13 to 10 game, maybe uh, around a field goal difference, um, and we'll see if some of the cuts the Broncos made don't come back to bite them. Whether that's in the running game or even the punting game, Sife, as they get rid of Britton Colquitt. But I, I'm picking the Broncos, Sife, 16 to 13. And but and mark this down. But it would not surprise me if it went the other way. Yeah, and I, I see what you're saying. It's kind of not that game that you're going to see a lot of high scoring because when you look at the Broncos, you do have changes, but I feel like the defense still looks pretty strong. You have Vaughn Miller, Demarcus Ware, Brandon Marshall, Akib Talib, TJ Ward. So you still have a lot of those crucial pieces, Mike, of the defense that was there last year. You're only missing like Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson. So it kind of seemed like those guys might have been bonuses for the Broncos on that defense. They kind of took them over the top. And then when you look at the the offense, it's kind of completely changed into a positive, positive situation, even with the QB question marks. You still have Emmanuel Sanders, who has great hands. And Demarius Thomas, he's Demarius Thomas. C.J. Anderson, he might... He might do well. He might not do well. We just got have to see. But my one that I'm watching is Virgil Green, Mike. And we've been talking about him in a couple of seasons uh, before, just hoping for him to gain his potential as a tight end. And now's his chance because I think uh, tight ends are kind of injured. The He's not going to be running two tight end sets because Virgil Green seems to be probably the only one who is healthy enough to play. And so what I'm saying is Virgil Green 
with a new QB. He could be that safety net that Trevor Simeon needs. And we could see a lot of Virgil Green. You've seen him score uh, in preseason. You've seen him be that big body uh, tight end. And he's able to block. He's like the Orange Julius, but he can block. Who would have thought? So the Broncos are coming together. And now that we're kind of looking at some of these changes, they kind of make sense. They kind of don't seem as bad as people are thinking or Broncos fans are thinking. Uh, You got rid of Colquitt on special teams as a punter. Uh, I think that move was a little bad. You have Riley Dixon now. What do you think about there? Yeah, that was one of the things that I think the Broncos were even questioning themselves as he had a pretty terrible last preseason game. Uh, I don't know, you know, position battles and, 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 you know, starting position for the opposite team obviously is crucial. I I hate the term, well, you know, it's okay to punt. The defense is good. I I don't think that's fair for the defense to, as good as they are to be out on the field that long, I think the offense still needs to have some sustainable drives. You mentioned Trevor Simeon, um, you know, running through this game really quickly fantasy-wise, Trevor Simeon, I'd wait on him. Obviously, he has good stuff around him. You mentioned DT, Emmanuel Sanders, can Virgil Green break out? I'd like to see Jeff Howerman, the, the the draft pick that came into shape last season, tore his ACL. He's back. We'll see if the tight end position will be utilized. Until then, stay away from Bronco tight ends. Um, you know, you, you have DT, Emmanuel Sanders, obviously probably a staple in anybody's fantasy team. Uh, although DT had some crucial drafts last season, Scythe, he still had over 1,400 yards. Um, and that 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 just doesn't go away until he doesn't have 1,400 yards the next season. So you, you got to look at DT. You got to look at Sanders um, and, and obviously the Broncos defense. Cam Newton was supposed to shred this team last season during the Super Bowl scythe, mm-hmm. and it was the opposite. It was the other way around. Cam Newton, though, he was the first pick in one of the drafts I had scythe. So um, he still can do it with his arm. We mentioned Calvin Benjamin is back. He can still do it with his legs. He can get you points from all different angles. So I think if you have him, you start him. Um, Calvin Benjamin, as we mentioned, coming off an injury last season, he looked good until he got hurt. But like I said, can they shake off the rust and have that chemistry? Until then, Saif, do, do, what, do you, what do you think of Calvin Benjamin? Kelvin Benjamin, we just need to wait and see. They did have good chemistry uh, the previous season when he was healthy. Cam Newton was able to link up with Kelvin Benjamin a lot, but I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Carolina running the ball. You're going to see uh, Greg Olson is kind of Cam Newton's new favorite target where he is the touchdown machine. He is that safety net. He is that explosive player. So Greg Olson will be Greg Olson. Of, of course, you if you have him, you start him. Uh, Johnson Stewart. You might see a lot of him. He didn't do too bad. Uh, it seems like Jonathan Stewart kind of surprised a lot of people. I would see Jonathan Stewart getting his own. So if you do have him, fantasy owners, uh, Jonathan Stewart is not a bad pick for this game. Uh, if you're if you don't know the Broncos defense, that is. But the Broncos defense always surprises you. So you got to be a little careful. But these are just good players. So Calvin Benjamin safe to see what he's going to do. Greg Olson, Cam Newton. Uh, I don't know if I would look at anybody else on that team. Uh, The Broncos are a different story because, like I said, you still have good pieces. And I would say Virgil Green is my sleeper. And then you have C.J. Anderson. I really don't like starting C.J. Anderson until I see what he can do. But then you have Emmanuel Sanders, Demaryius Thomas. These are all guys that you can look at starting. Uh, Trevor Simeon, just stay away from the QB situation right now. If you do have him, just keep him on the bench. 
let him prove his worth to you, and then you can go from there. Yeah, and keep in mind with Jonathan Stewart also, uh, Broncos had the best rushing defense last season, so uh, they gave up under, uh, I think it was right around um, 92 yards a game, Sif, Um if, if, yeah, if. and the Broncos' defense hasn't changed much this season, so you're right. You gotta you gotta keep that in that mentality where, yeah, maybe stay away this game from Jonathan Stewart because, like you said, the Broncos' defense there's changes, but these changes don't seem that bad when you actually look at it on paper. All right, and that's gonna do it for us here on the first edition of Gridiron Intel for your 2016-2017 season. Uh, for fantasy football, uh, obviously just only one game to go over this week, and that's Thursday night. Uh, stay tuned uh, for the other shows during the week as they will be previewing it as well leading up to Thursday night Super Bowl rematch, Broncos-Panthers right here at Mile High Stadium. Um, so I've, it, it's been fun, and next season or next week, I should say, we will get into more of our fantasy-geared segments as we'll have a whole slate of games. Guy said this last hour. This is the last Sunday without football uh, until February, so that's always exciting. Definitely. Really exciting time, and we always love uh, to talk about football and talk about fantasy. We want to help you out. That's what we do on the station. We just give you everything you need to know, and with these new segments, it's going to be a lot more fun. I'm glad to be back. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Gridiron Intel. On Elevation 5280 Sports, for Scythe, I am Michael. We will talk to you next week.